Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around him, and the impact he empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody. How are we? Good. I have a few uh, quick announcements and some family business to do, and then a little bit of a talk. How does that sound? Aiden's ready for it. Wonderful. The rest of you, you don't look sure. I'm going to raise this up. Last time I did this, I lifted the entire stand up out of something, and it was deeply awkward, but I'm going to manage this time. All right. Well, um, I want to give a special welcome to my uh, father and mother-in-law, Jean and Judy Whiting. They're visiting over from Croatia. You can give them a round of applause. And uh, they have been missionaries for over 45 years. Uh, firstly, in uh, Yugoslavia, uh, communist Yugoslavia, then in Vienna and Austria, and uh, back to what is now Croatia. And they're part of a church in a small community called Belitsa. And they're here visiting Harmony and our family. And I thought I'd introduce you, and I would love for you to take back our church greetings to the Belitsa church. And uh, yeah, you're very, very welcome. Give them another round of applause. And the announcement about the bake sale, we're all going to pay 30 quid for a cupcake, so it's going to be great. Um, it's one of those kind of sales, right? So, uh, but it leads me nicely into, we promised that by today we would give you a definitive date when we're doing our first service in the renovated uh, building just down the road. So here we go. I'm going to honor my promise to you. And so our first Sunday service is going to be uh, Sunday, the 5th of March. So, uh, don't come here on the 5th of March. Go there. And here's how this is going to go. Um, we know that new spaces can be a little bit intimidating, although it's not a new space. It's a, it, it will definitely be new to you. Who, If you were the last time you were in there as the last service, it'll look a little different. Um, uh, and so, we wanted to do an open house just to kind of give you a chance to just wander around through it. And so, on the 4th of March, Saturday the 4th of March, we're going to do an open house, and you're welcome to come and wander through the space and look and see and take your time through it and so there's not a, a big rush on, on the very next day on Sunday. So the 4th of March, we'll do an open house. On the 5th of March, we'll do our first Sunday morning in there. And the times for all that, and just a reminder of that, will be sent out in our weekly email and on our social media stuff and we'll keep announcing it up until then. So 4th of March, open house. 5th of March is a Sunday service. Later on in March, uh, on the 22nd, which is a Wednesday evening, we're going to have a special dedication service. That's the service when we invite, you know, guests who've helped us along the way and, and you know, dignitaries and things like that, and we kind of have a special service. But the 5th of March is our first Sunday service, and we wanted that to be like us as family. And we didn't want, you know, people that are going to come once and clap for us and never come again to take up a seat for you on the very first I wanted you to have first crack at it. So uh, again, all those dates will be in the weekly email to remind you, and uh, it's going to be an exciting time. 
and I feel a little bit uh, overwhelmed. I've just committed myself to an actual date, but uh, um, it'll be there. I was in the building uh, earlier this morning. It is looking amazing, so be excited about that. And um, what I'm going to be talking about this morning is preparing for this, that we have a uh, well, there's lots of preparations that still will need to take place practically, but we as a community have some preparing to do, primarily in our hearts, to move into the first ever home of our own. And so I need to talk to you about another date. Uh, the 26th of February, Sunday the 26th of February, we are actually going to push pause on our services and have a Sabbath rest. We're going to stop uh, our services here, have a pause, and then begin in our new home. A couple of reasons for that. Uh, some practical. Uh, we'll be handed keys. We'll be given a bunch of manuals. Here's how the heat works. Here's how the fire system works. Here's how this works. And we actually have to learn the building and make sure that we can have you in there and your children safe and sound and to make sure that all goes well. We have a number of different things we need to test out, make sure it's working, make sure that we can make the gallons of coffee that you'll be drinking uh, on our very first Sunday and all that stuff. And so we just need a little bit of time. And um, we've been kind of working without a net here for the last couple of months, and it's been a little bit, of crazy, bit crazy. So on, from a practical reason, we're going to push pause uh, and, and then move into the new space on the 5th of March. No one has ever booed me for canceling a service, so I'm sure you're... Um, <laughs> You are lying. You're all more than willing to take a day off. But there's actually, for me, some spiritual things here. We, it, it, to me, it signifies a period of rest before we step into the next thing. And what I'm going to be talking, it leads me well into what we're going to be talking about next, because um, we really do need to prepare for this. And if we don't take some dedicated time, we're going to miss some really important things. That's what I want to talk about. Uh, but I need to make, say one more thing before I do that. Uh, some of you are wondering, like, usually life groups start already in February, and Andy, it's like mid-February already. Where are life groups? Well, we've just held them back, and we're going to launch them when we're in our new building next month. We thought there's a lot going on. There's a lot of planes trying to land all at the same time, and so we're just delaying that a little bit. But, for, but don't worry, life groups are coming soon. Okay. So we're pressing pause on our sermon series on the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to take the next uh, two weeks here to help us prepare for what is about to happen to us. And we're not just moving geography, um, and we're not just, you know, borrowing a, num a different building. And, and, you know, for those of you who have been along for the ride for many years, it's like we've just had so many different buildings in the last wee while here that it's, we're not just doing that again and like, oh, it's a new space that is temporary or something like that. Um, it's going to be a home. And it's also not like when a new restaurant or new outlet or something like that opens up. Like, oh, I'm really excited. That new thing is new space and place is in our city that I'm going to go check out because it's new. Right? We're moving into a home to put down roots, a home that we believe the Lord has given to us and has prepared for us. And it's a blessing to us. It's long hoped for and long prayed for and longed for. And it's just about here. Uh, and we need to not breeze past this moment because we'll miss some really important things. We want to prepare to enter into a new home, a new season, and to think about what the Lord might be saying to us about that. And as I've been preparing, 
Uh, I've been thinking a lot about the children of Israel's time in the wilderness after the Lord delivered them from slavery, and then a few moments uh, from the book of Joshua. That's where my mind has been recently, where then the people of God go up into the land that God promised them, and He gives them a home in the land. Now, when we talk about the book of Joshua, um, we need to be just a little bit hesitant. I don't mean that we're going to go down there and wage war and conquest, uh, and under no circumstances are we viewing our journey in the context of conquering, taking ground from someone or a war. But we do feel like the Lord has gently led us to that building. He's placed us in that space, and it's His kindness to us. And we also believe that as part of that, He's not just given us a home, but He's giving us a mission to see what He's already doing in these communities, what He's already stirring and preparing to do in this immediate location and then even beyond that. And we need to give our yes to that and to Him afresh. And we aren't saviors, you know, superhero saviors coming into North Belfast to save the day, but we do know the Savior and His love and His mercy and His forgiveness and His presence, and we can point people to the Savior and all that Jesus has for them. And so it's a joyful time, it's a serious time, that needs preparation and reflection as we prepare for our move. So I just want to give us a little bit of a meditation on uh, the children of Israel, the book of Joshua, and our move and expectations leading up to our time. And hopefully there'll be some things in there that you can take away and to begin to or continue to prepare your heart and your mind and everything about you as we prepare to do something really, really significant as a community. So let's talk about the wilderness and kind of where we've been. Again, children of Israel wandering in the wilderness, book of Exodus has really helped me over the past few years try and make sense of what has happened to the world in like, you know, pandemic and and all that stuff. It's been a fairly extraordinary time, extraordinary journey for all of us, certainly as a church family. It has, to me anyway, maybe you would agree, felt like a wilderness time. And just like the children of Israel, Lots of unexpected twists and turns, lots of questions. Uh, It really was living day by day at times, wasn't it, over the last few years? And the children of Israel were led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The Lord's presence led them every step of the way. And as I look back, I feel like we were led every step of the way. But it was like a day by day thing. We didn't know the plan even three days out. I remember trying to make plans. We would fight all day to make a plan. Here, we're going to open this time, and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to have foggers and disinfectant and, you know, this and that everywhere and masks. And then on the radio about 4 o'clock, the powers that be would change the regulations again, and they'd blow the plan. Up. And that just, it just, it was crazy. And it felt like, looking back, the Lord just led us day by day by day. But for us, Uh, It wasn't just that we were trying to lead and and move as a church community through a pandemic and all those twists and turns. We had an added complication. We lost our building. And, you know, for those of you that can remember that back that far, um, we were in Fleming Fulton School. We rented in Fleming Fulton School for like 15 years. And then all of a sudden, pandemic hits and we're homeless. And this came back, uh, it was a little bit like a Vietnam flashback or something this week because uh, the staff team went back to Fleming Fulton uh, this past week to clear out everything we'd left there. 
Uh, and we did a mad dash at the start of the pandemic and grabbed like what we could think of, but there's still just a ton of stuff. All the old trolleys we used to really, anybody remember those? Setup team, you're having a flashback right now uh, about that. And um, funny story, it was still, it was exactly how we left it. We even found bulletins of the last day we were in, like ready to go. Um, and a lot of things, we left some food in there that wasn't there anymore in that good of shape and all that stuff. And anyway, there's a picture of it right there. That's what it looked like on Tuesday. Um, some of you remember that. Some of you couldn't get away from that place fast enough. Um, some of you have joined us since those days, so you're, it's like looking at somebody else's family photos. You're like, uh, kind of interesting, but not really. Um, <laughs> but others of you, uh, are, you're actually really moved right now because you met Jesus there and you were delivered from evil there and you had profound encounters with God and with people there and you did loads of ministry and your kids went through kids ministry and youth ministry there and it's actually you know a school gymnasium with a crazy blue floor but it's also holy ground to you and now a new chapter is starting well, we had a lot to grieve in the wilderness. Uh, if you know the story of the children of Israel, they lost a, a generation in the wilderness. Uh, we lost people that we uh, really loved and, and knew well. Uh, some of those people passed away during the pandemic time. Others uh, left us for reasons that were really good and really clear. Others left us for reasons that were that were not really clear. We had to endure the grief and questions of what the Lord was allowing in the earth, and then the suffering and trials that many of us were undergoing, and then we were homeless to boot, right? Uh, but we were led, and we were given provision, and we never went without His presence. And in chapter 16 of the book of Exodus, as the Israelites grumble about the wilderness, um, and they even say they wish they could go back to slavery in Egypt. We find Exodus 16, verse 4, which I think is coming up here. I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Every day they'll have enough. And the people, the children of Israel, were fed in the wilderness every day by the Lord. And then if you go to verse 10 in the same chapter, it says this, while Aaron uh, was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. That's been a very important verse for me, and I believe for us uh, during these last few years. And the people don't just know daily provision from the Lord in the wilderness, but the glory of the Lord is with them in the wilderness, and he's leading them. And that has been our story as he's provided for us and he's led us. And then uh, when we were online for a while, and then uh, thanks to their generosity and the grace of the Lord, we spent about a year in Windsor Presbyterian Church, which there it is there, uh, with an eerie blue light, but that's the best photo I had. Um, and that was a temporary time. We're so grateful for them hosting us there allowed us to kind of come back. And some of you remember the first stages, we all wore masks and the worship leader would sing, but we, we couldn't sing out loud due to regulations, but we kind of went for it and, and did it. 
And for some of you, uh, that's where you joined up with us, and that's where your story and our church begins. So that's a special place for you. Um, it's, a, it's a temporary home. It wasn't ideal, but it, it was what the Lord provided us with. And then uh, we found a building called Cave Hill Methodist Church, and seemingly out of nowhere, we were able to purchase that. And that's uh, near enough what it looks, looked like probably the last time you were in it. Uh, and not only were we able to purchase that building, but we raised enough money to renovate it and make it a wonderful home. And while that has been going on, he has uh, brought us here into this space and Rosemary, and the wonderful people at Rosemary Presbyterian have hosted us and made a way for us to be here, and uh, it's been wonderful. And this little trip down memory lane um, isn't just for fun, it's to just try and give us a visual representation that the Lord has been with us, He is with us, and He will be with us. He is leading us really intentionally, and sometimes we have enough notice, like two hours notice ahead of time of what he's saying and what he's doing, but he is leading us. And right now, it's really important for us to reflect on that as we prepare to do the next thing and the next move. The Lord has provided that space a few hundred yards down the road. He, and he it will continue to provide for us and be with us once we're in. And I just want to ask at this stage of the talk, where do you have something in your life that you're struggling with? You're wondering how this is ever going to happen. Will you let faith rise that the Lord has been with us and He has been with you? He has provided for you and us in the past, and He will again. And will you let your faith be stirred in the provision and presence of the Lord? And then where might you be feeling hesitant about this move, this new building, new-to-us building? Well, will you reflect again on His goodness and His provision and his leading of us. And will you allow that to shape your narrative? Well, let's talk about expectations. I love the first parts of the book of Joshua. God speaks to Joshua. He installs him as the leader of Israel who will take the Israelites across the Jordan and into the promised land. And it's a land that God has promised to Israel for a long time. It's a home to plant them in. It's a new Eden. It's a garden land flowing with milk and honey. They go from a wilderness to a garden land. And it is going to be amazing for them. And if we stay on that level, it's just a nice Bible story and really, really easy. right? But that's not actually what uh, the first chapters of the book of Joshua tell us. It tells us they're getting a home and it's time to go and it's time to move in, uh, uh, but not just live happily ever after. And if that's our expectation about our new home, you know, now all our problems are going to be solved because we have a lift in the building or something like that, you know, or we have this space, then, well, we're, we're missing something as well. Because what the Lord gives Joshua and the people is a home, is a garden land to occupy and live in. Uh, he keeps his promise to him, but he also gives them a mission. He gives them a mission. And right away in Joshua chapter 1, he tells Joshua to get his expectations right and to help the people get their expectations right. Moses, my servant, is dead. This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give, you to, give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. 
Let's go on to the next verses here. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. I think we've got one more set of verses here. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In this chapter, chapter 1 alone, Joshua is told to be courageous three times by the Lord and once by the people. And the Lord promises a number of times to be with Joshua everywhere he goes. Why? Well, because this isn't the end of the story. They're not just going to cross the river and live happily ever after. Uh, it's the beginning of their story. Because they're going to need to take action, and they're going to need to take ground, and they're going to need to occupy the land. They have a mission. And Joshua needed to prepare not just to move in, but to occupy and to obey the Lord. And so do we. And again, we aren't going to be fighting anyone. Might fight a little bit amongst ourselves, but we're not going to fight anyone. That's a joke. Um, but we're going to face challenges. And we're going to face some sufferings. And we're going to face trials. And we're going to face some moments that need to be met with faith and action. And we're also going to have some amazing blessings and some amazing opportunities to show up and serve and give and to give our lives away and to step into the, our calling and quite simply proclaim and demonstrate the gospel and the reality of Jesus and his kingdom in thousands of creative ways. And we need to get our expectations right. The building's a great blessing. It's the provision of the Lord, and so it's going to be really, really good, and we can't lose sight of that. And one expectation that we should have is we get to rest and build a home there and to really enjoy it. It's a blessing. But here's what it's not. It's not a convenience. Blessing and convenience are two different things. Convenience means it's easy, it's right there for you, uh, everything comes with the least amount of friction and won't cost you very much. Now, it's true that there are lots of amazing gadgets and things in the new building that we've never had before uh, that will make lots of church life an awful lot easier than we have ever had it. So that's all there. But again, we're being given a home, but we've also been given a mission. And part of that mission is to show gospel hospitality and gospel welcome to person after person and invite them into life with Jesus and this family in every way we can possibly think of, and more. Which on this side of the Jordan River, before we cross over, sounds really exciting and no problem. But listen, we might find that when we get there, we have some emotions about it and around it. And we might find that some things just are a little harder than we expected, or a lot harder, and it's all going to hit us differently. And so here's some things that I thought of that you might feel or that might just come up inside you. And that if it does happen, I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to remember this talk. And maybe even talk to me or the pastoral care team, someone you trust about how you're feeling. And of these examples, I've felt them all and a few more. So if you're feeling any of this stuff, it's, it's normal about a big change like this. And the first one is lots and lots of change. You know, it's kind of been this way for the last couple of years, like everything's changing, and you know, my head's exploded about six times with all the change, I'm sure yours has too. Um, 
And some of you really love change, but lots of you really struggle with change. And the world has changed, and we're kind of all overwhelmed. And um, if you're, we might be thinking like, okay, we can get there and put down roots, and there won't be any more change. Well, everything's going to be new, <laughs> and there's going to be new systems to how we do church and different ways that we need to do church. And some of you are sitting here thinking like, Andy, the systems you got are creaking and growing badly. We need some new systems, and I know we do, but... But if our expectation has been there's been so much change these last couple of years, I just want nothing to ever change again. That's probably not going to happen. And that might be hard for us. But here's a consolation. Do you need a consolation for that? It's going to be really new for all of us. Like we're all going to be going through that at the same time. We're in this together. So let's get that just expectation in our mind. If you're feeling overwhelmed with change, it's okay to say to someone, I'm feeling overwhelmed with change. That's okay. Uh, another one that might come up is, who are all these new people? People are going to come and they're going to join us that we haven't met yet. Some of these people, Lord willing, will be people who are coming to faith. Others, of us, others are people God is calling to be in our family. And that all feels wonderful right now until they're sitting in my seat. Like, we haven't even got the chairs delivered yet, and, but somehow, like, we all have our seat that we're going to sit in every week, and these people, they don't respect that. Right? Or, you know, not that this would be like you, but maybe me, you know, you're running late, and, you know, you're driving to church, and you're coming in hot, and you're praying for that, you know, fighting with the kids, and you're praying for that car parking space to miraculously open up, but all these new people have parked up, and you can't get parked. You're like eight miles away, and you've got to walk in, and... Who are all these new people? What have you done with my church? Or you look around and it's just not like it was in Fleming or Windsor or Ballarat Street or the old time we were in Cave Hill or Rosemary or whatever it is. And you start to feel displaced. Like, where are my people? <laughs> and who are all these other people? Uh, every time our church has changed and grown, it's been a big blessing. But it's also been an adjustment. Every time a family grows, it's wonderful, but there's a big adjustment when a new baby comes along, right? Yeah. That's not a bad thing, but it's a thing that needs to be named. It needs to be named. My sense from the Lord is on this is that we need to be open. We need to work to stay open. The building's just a building, but it's a new day. It's, an, it's a new season, and if we stay open to all that the Lord is doing and all the people that He is bringing... We're going to find that new friendships and depths of community are formed if we're willing to push through some emotions. You know, my testimony, honestly, is every time our church has grown, I've found it hard, but as I've pushed through, I've always, at every growth time, I've gained lifelong friends. Every time. And so, take it from somebody who's pretty introverted and that part of life just doesn't come as easy as to other people, that we need to stay open. We need to stay open. When changes from the Lord, there are blessings and opportunities that we're meant to embrace. His goodness is in this. Another emotion that might come up is, I thought it would be easy, but I'm finding out that I'm actually needed here. <laughs> I need to show up to take some ground, to hold some ground, to meet some moments. We each have a role to play. 
You know, and some things are going to shift. There's going to be some new opportunities with this new space and new community we're in, the new facilities that we have. And for some of us, that means change. You know, we're still up for serving and leading. We've never stopped serving and leading, but it's going to look different because we're not a wandering church in a borrowed or rented building. We're in our own home in a community. You know, that's something I'm processing. You know, my role, the ways that I'm needed are about to change. Others of us, you know, you've had dreams in your heart uh, things that you felt like God was calling you to that never quite came about or came into focus because it just didn't have the facilities and it wasn't the right time and, and we just weren't set up to do the things that God was, had in your heart and, and was preparing you to do because the way we had to be as a church just worked against it. So it was kind of just held back and never really happened. But now um, you're about to come into your own and you're needed and it's the timing of the Lord. And in this season, you're going to pioneer and build new things that are long prayed for and hoped for and awaited and are going to be the things that people who've never joined us yet, who don't currently worship the name of Jesus, it's going to be the things that bring them into the kingdom. And the Lord has this prepared. Still others of us, you know, with the limitations of the pandemic and how hard things have hit us personally and just the chaos of our wilderness wandering, You've just had to hang back. And maybe areas you used to bear weight in, we haven't been able to do, so there wasn't that to do. Or it's just been really, really hard. And you've been holding on, and you've been saying, look, I'll go for it, or I'll come back. I'll be fully present. I'll bear weight when we get into the new building. Like, I'm hanging on for that. Okay? And I am not trying to have a go at you. There's no judgment here from me to you. Just a friendly invitation. That, that time's now. It can just get like, I'll, do, I'll, I'll show up when that happens. Well, that's happening now. The time's now. And you're needed. And we're all needed. And that day that we said, I'll do it then. Well, that day is now here. And we need to meet that day. And again, when the Lord gives us mission and assignment and asks us to be present and asks us to bear weight, it's not a punishment. It's not homework. It's an opportunity to know and love Jesus more, to learn from Him, to be formed by Him, to serve Him, and to step into our God-given shape. Some of us don't feel alive because you haven't been able to do the things that you're made for. And whenever God invites us into something, there will be life there for us. Will it be hard? Yes. Will it require us to be present and prioritize it and allow Him to form us? Of course. But we will never be more alive and healthy than when we are saying yes to Jesus. And He's inviting all of us into this. And what if our expectation was that He had great blessing for us, but also mission and growth, and healing, and transformation on the way. And again, we'll never be more fully alive than when we're saying yes to Jesus. So will we meet this moment together? We should expect blessings, huge blessings, and rest, and joy, but we should also expect the Lord to provide for us in different ways. I think this is really important for us. We should expect Him to provide for us in different ways and to meet with us in different ways. As I mentioned earlier, the Lord uh, provided for Israel in the wilderness uh, by raining down bread from 
heaven. And I already read through Exodus 16, 4. And so the children of Israel ate manna in the wilderness every day for decades, like a long, 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 long time. And by the time they cross over the River Jordan into the Promised Land, most of the people, there's only a handful left that remember uh, Egypt, that remember before the manna, right? They lost a whole generation. So they only ever remember the wilderness, and they only remember the provision of God in the form of manna from heaven. That's the only way they know it. But if you read in Joshua chapter 5, right before they march around Jericho's walls, something fascinating happens. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan, or the promised land. So they celebrate Passover, then they eat the produce of the promised land, and from that day the bread from heaven stops. And the way that God provides for them changes. He provides for them, but in a different way to what they'd known before. Before, it just rained down from heaven, and they walked out, and they collected it, and that was that. Now, they're entering a garden land where they raise animals, and they raise crops, and they raise grain, and they settle, and they build home. And it's provision just in a different way. And our church has only ever known being a set-up and take-down church in rented and borrowed places, and we have never had a home. And the Lord has led us and been with us. He's provided for us, and He's given the grace for it, for it to us. But as we prepare for a new season, the shape and the task is changing. And the grace will probably run out. In fact, looking at your faces, it's totally run out. <laughs> and the provision's going to come in a different way. And if we try and meet this moment expecting God to meet with us and provide for us in the way it was before, you know, if we go out looking for bread from heaven instead of being willing to eat the produce of the land and accept the grace and the provision for this moment, we're going to do what the children of Israel did regularly, say that they wanted to go back to slavery in Egypt because it's what they knew. Well, we're not going back to Egypt. We're embracing what the Lord has for us. And we're expecting it to be full of blessing and change and challenge and to require a lot from us. But we dare not miss this moment to step into a different way that the Lord is providing for us and how we're going to meet with Him. So lastly is this. Consecrate yourselves and walk this way. We need to prepare for this. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And so the people do this, and the next day they cross the River Jordan and into the Promised Land. The people were to get ready. There's, they were to get focused. There's to be no distractions. The time is now. And consecration here in chapter 3 of Joshua has to do with getting ready, and it has to do with holiness and responding to the Lord. So I want to encourage us to spend some time preparing to reflect on this moment in our story and how we're preparing to meet it and how we're preparing to seek the Lord in it throughout these weeks as it is almost time to cross over. Now, what might that look like? I think it probably looks like increased time in prayer. I think it might look like fasting. Now, that might be from food or it might be from the interweb or whatever. 
It might and should include reading and memorizing and meditating on Scripture. Maybe the Exodus of Joshua is something you want to take home and reflect on it from yourself. It probably means waiting before the Lord. It might mean journaling. Some of that's a, that's a practice that some of you do. Looking back on things that you felt the Lord spoke over you or to you and wondering, is now the time for some of those things to come to pass? Kind of going over your story and our story and what does it now look like to walk into the future with that? Going over how He's been faithful to you in the past and what is He asking of you now? What is this season to be about for you and your family? How can you be present and obedient to Jesus in, a, in this new moment and in this new way? What is He doing and how can you be a part of it? Some of us will be led to commit to the Lord afresh and to His mission here. Some of us, your practical thing would begin to give regularly and generously of your finances and your resources and your time. Most of all, I think we all in some way need to choose to mark this moment and to meet this moment and to embrace this moment and to decide we're going in. We're going in. And we need to embrace the parts that we like and are excited about, and we need to embrace the parts that we're not so sure about. And we need to say to the Lord, and maybe to some others, I'm going. I'm going. I'm not staying in the wilderness. I'm crossing over with all of my heart and all of my life. It's really interesting to me that at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses dies, and we find uh, this in Deuteronomy 34, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Joshua was a warrior. And this is interesting to me because I would have expected uh, as he is preparing to cross over and that will involve warfare and combat and he's a warrior that he would have been given anointed with courage or strength or power uh, given that there were battles to fight. But the Lord gives him wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom to know what to do and how to lead and how to follow the Lord at all times in this new time and new place and new way of being the people of God. And all of us as part of our consecration, we need wisdom. I would encourage you as you're preparing these weeks to, to ask the Lord for wisdom on how you are to step into this new time and this new place and this new way of being the people of God in this place. That's what I'm praying for you and for me and for us. And if I can help with that, our pastoral care team can help with that, we'd be very happy to do that. And in a minute, we'll be praying. If anybody wants us to pray for wisdom for you, we'd love to do that. Lastly, part of Israel's consecration was to walk a certain way. They were to uh, walk into the promised land in a certain way. And uh, in that chapter 3 of Joshua, it tells us the elders went around telling them what to do, that the Ark of the Covenant's going at the front, it's going to move through the camp, and then it's going to go in front of you. You're supposed to follow it, don't get ahead of it. You've got to walk in a certain way. The Ark of the Covenant is going to pause at the river's edge, then the waters are going to part, and then the Ark is going to go to the middle of the river. It's going to stay there while the waters are parted, and the rest of you are going to go and walk across it, and you're going to stop on the other side, and then the Ark's going to come out. You have to walk a certain way to cross the river into the Promised Land. You have to walk this way. Elders go around telling the people that. 
Well, I believe we need to walk into this season in a certain way as well, in the way of Jesus. And we know from Mark chapter 8 what that way is. And if you missed that sermon, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to it, not because I preached it, because I think it's a word to us as a community. So Mark chapter 8, 34 and 35, Then he, that's Jesus, called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save us. We need to walk into blessing and challenge and this building and this new season, this neighborhood, carrying our cross as disciples of Jesus, laying down our lives just like Jesus did and asks us to do. Eyes on him, trusting in him, willing to lay our lives down, but also expecting his easy yoke and his rest for our souls, expecting the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, expecting his provision for all we need, and finding our true life in him. I am really proud of you as a church. How you've journeyed through chaotic times and how you've broken your backs serving and being the kind of church that we had to be all those years. You have followed Jesus and served one another through thick and thin. And you already walk in the way of Jesus. So I want to say, let's keep going. And let's see what miracles and wonders and joys and blessings and rest that he has for us and for our children and their children in that building a few hundred yards down the road. So let's prepare to go home. Why don't you stand? I'm going to pray for us, and then you're free to please go collect your children and again spend obscene amounts of money on baked goods. Um, but I believe the Spirit does want to minister to us, and there will be the prayer ministry team up here who want to pray for you. If you are sick or injured or ill uh, or have trouble in your physical body in any way, we would love to pray for healing for you. Uh, if you're discouraged, um, if there's a darkness around you, if you're really wrestling with difficult things, we would love to stand with you and pray for you. Uh, if you need strength, we would love to ask for the Lord to strengthen you. If you need wisdom in stepping into this moment of consecration, we want to pray for you. If you've been wrestling with this difficult journey of, of this next stage of our church life, we want to pray for you. If you're one of these people where you actually have big dreams in your heart for, and you're stepping into this moment where you think the plans of the Lord and the facilities and you are all meeting together, we want to pray for you. Um, if you want to meet Jesus and begin following him, we want to pray for you. If change is really brutally difficult for you and it's causing anxiety, we want to pray for you. Uh, if you have any other need, physical, emotional, or spiritual, we want to pray for you. So Holy Spirit, would you rest upon your people? And I just say, as someone entrusted in this moment with leading this congregation, Lord, I am incredibly proud of these men and women and children. I thank you for them. I thank you how you've sustained us, you've led us, you've shaped us, you've formed us. You've made them bold and courageous and powerful and not afraid of hard work. You've made them resilient. You've made them passionate about your gospel. And you are continuing to work with us. You're continuing to call us to yourself. 
You are continuing to use us uh, to be a light for your gospel uh, in, this, in these lands. And we just say yes and amen to you over and over. So Lord, would you bring excitement where there's anxiety? Would you heal our bodies? Would you pour out your spirit of wisdom so we would know exactly how to be and what the next steps and what the next seasons are about? I pray, Lord, for your presence to rest heavily. And as we take these next weeks and even a pause on the 26th, there would be a consecration time that we would leave some things in the wilderness on the other side of the river and not take them with us, that you would really be turning the page, not just in an exchange of buildings, but in every facet of our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, minister to your people. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.